Hello, everyone, and welcome to this month's episode of the Good AV Show, where I cover everything new, innovative, good, sustainable, great for the environment, great for people, um, just basically all that is good in the audiovisual industry. And so this month, I happen to have a guest who's going to help us out with um, exploring a very hot topic. Um, we're hearing a lot about 4K and... Um, you know, those of us in the industry are pretty excited about it. Uh, we always are, right? That's why we do what we do. Um, but not a lot of people necessarily um, can speak from experience on uh, working with 4K, either creating it, um, streaming it, uh, managing it, distributing it, whatever it might be. We're, this is still sort of a new territory for a lot of us. So um, I'm really excited to have Dusty, <laughs> Dusty Kratz, um, who's owner, producer, and business development, pretty much sounds like the all-around guy at um, XI Media, or I don't know if you say 11 Media Productions. Um, yeah, yeah, 11, 11 will do the trick. Perfect, but it's it's uh, looks like an XI <laughs> for those of us who are somewhat yep. illiterate. <laughs> um, so anyways, Dusty, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, excited to, to chat. Perfect. So um, today, you know, I just uh, always on the show, we like to learn a little bit about the person we're talking to and sort of their background and their company. So just give us a quick overview of, you know, a little bit about Dusty and your background and, um, you know, why you do what you do. Sure. So ever since, uh, you know, being very young, I was always fascinated with my, my parents' video equipment. Um, I wanted to go into radio, uh, getting older, always been obsessed with music, you know, from my mom's Billy Joel tape collection to finding my own thing in the nineties with grunge and punk rock. And, uh, I played the drums for over 20 years and, you know, I, I, we eventually found a way once I started the business, we started shooting rock shows and, and uh, showcases and stuff like that and just really found that we, our team was excited and we flourished and thrived in the live multi-cam concert environment and uh, just standing in the bathroom one day and told my wife, you know what, this is the direction we're going and uh, never looked back. And so now we've been doing producing live content in the music industry space for a little over seven years and, and been in business for about ten and a half um, got two kiddos and work from home and in offices in New York and bounce around to Chicago, LA, um, Miami, you know, wherever, wherever the wind takes us and, uh, just staying nice and busy and we're loving it. Awesome. Yeah. You sound like about 90% of the future industry, uh, or a future business owner, right? Which is, you know, work from home, have teams all over the place, balance your kids, you know, try to shut the office door and keep them out. It doesn't always work, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you're, you're a real person. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's, it's, I think it's really this new model of, of working and living has really opened so many relationships and conversations with new folks. You know, you and I were both just at IMF Con in San Diego and I connected with so many people because they're doing the same thing. They've got kiddos that they're missing and, you know, the travel and work-life balance and all that. It's just, uh, you know, it's one more thing to be able to relate to down at a very base level before you start talking business. So it, it offers up its, uh, its perks as well. It does. And, you know, honestly, this type of balance really just unleashes creativity, I think. You know, I think it unleashes... Some you knowing that you are fulfilling all parts of your life really kind of 
it does help us to sort of um, be more creative, right? Because we're like, all right, cool. I'm in a comfortable environment. I feel good that my kids are around me, that I'm being a good parent. So it just frees your mind a little, you know, and, and you're just a little more relaxed, um, which perhaps is why you're, <laughs> you tend to be more creative than others, you know? So um, tell sure. us about, you know, live streaming. And, and I actually will have a guest on in the future, one of your partners, um, uh, Stream Monkey, is it the company? Stream- yep, yep okay. Nicholas yeah. from Stream Monkey. Yeah, so I'll have him on to talk about some of the live streaming strategy. But, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, streaming as well as kind of the 4K thing. Because, I mean, you know what's so funny is that I had this question in my head and then I had two other people. Um, so Dusty and I were just at International Music Festival Conference, IMFCon. And, um, you know, people were like, well, why do 4k? It's so expensive. Like what, 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 you know, why would we do this? So tell us about your project and why, you know, it's so exciting that you just accomplished and, um, let's talk about 4k a little. Sure. So the, I think the biggest misnomer is, uh, you know, four times HD equals 4k equals four times the money. And it, the, the resolution has nothing to do with the budget at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the other thing is the way that the industry is trying to push handling 4k is the reason that those costs seem so exorbitant. Whereas the way that we're delivering it with asking zero, uh, from your end audience and very limited on your bandwidth and everything else. It just, it's something that is affordable and you can do it now with existing technology. You don't have to change <laughs> the way that you live day to day in order to support 4K. Um, but yeah, so we, backing up a little bit, back around this time last year, 2014, uh, we started talking about South by Southwest and um, 4K and is it ready for live and what what are the possibilities. So we started working with um, a, a local rental house in Austin called Omega Broadcast, who's been a, a great partner of ours for 10 years or so. And, uh, you know, they were letting us know what they have, what they can get, what's out there. And we started doing tests on site, you know, running, trying different cables for different links and different cameras and output and trying to figure out how we could actually piece all of this together. Um, you know, if you just Googled at the time and really still, you can't just find, um, a soup to nuts sort of production setup that you can rent that'll handle everything you there's a lot more engineering involved with this than just throwing together an hd production at this point um so i think that's kind of a barrier as well which is good for us because we've spent a great deal of time figuring it out um but you know everyone will catch up eventually but so we produced the world's first live 4k live stream during south by southwest for four and a half days and uh it went really well we learned a ton as far as the engineering side and um and as far as the actual delivery on end user and you know what sort of percentage of folks are actually taking advantage of it and um you know what sort of press we can get out of it and all of that and it's all uh you know i said it on a podcast a year ago, and I'll say it again, it's going to take time. I, I never expected it to flip a switch and all of a sudden everyone is 4K. But I guarantee you, you know, three, four, five years down the line, it's going to be what HD is now. It's going to be commonplace. So um, so we're just, you know, getting a jump on that for sure. Mm-hmm. 
And, and so it's good to know that it's not, you know, four times, you know, four X the expense. Cause like you said, I do agree that I think that's a very common um, perception. Um, what do you think the, is there an incremental increase in cost though? I mean, is there more to consider? Well, yeah. And, and no more so than, you know, taking whatever camera that you personally own and buying a new one that has new features or higher resolution. Uh, it, it's the same as taking a step up in anything. So yes, the rental or purchase of a 4K camera is more than a high def camera, but you can essentially rent cabling that more or less costs the same, or you convert everything to fiber and it's, you know, $50 per converter on each side. And, you know, there's little bitty things and they do add up. I'm not saying that it doesn't cost more, but it's not exorbitant. You know, it's not ten and twenty thousand dollars more. And um, you know, the the biggest thing that you look at, I think, as far as sticker shock would be the bandwidth support. Whereas, you know, a lot of events could get get away with maybe like a 16 gig or a 20 gig plan to support a pretty substantial number of people viewing their content. Um, we've been selling more in the 60 uh Sorry, uh, yeah, 60 gig, two terabyte uh, for a month kind of storage thing. But what it is, is the user and the amount of bandwidth, all of that stuff factors into what are they watching it on? Is it on a mobile device? Well, that's taking way less data than somebody that's watching it on a desktop or a laptop and pushing it onto their 4K TV. And then you look at the percentage of people that are actually taking advantage of 4K, and it's not... It's not uh, something to slough off, but it is small and it's growing each time we do one of these. Um, all of those things then factor into the cost, uh, but it's not this massive, overwhelming thing to just completely overhaul your production and uh, start from scratch per se. It's just it's it's an upgrade, just like anything else. Yeah, no, and I think that's really great for people to hear, right? Because that ties into business strategy. Either you're an early adopter and you're known for innovation and I mean, frankly, we, we kind of should be, you know, that should be the focus for a lot of us out there because it's technology and uh, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the concept, you know, but if your brand is to be um, innovative, you know, cutting edge, leading the market, um, then, you know, that, that that is something I think for 2016 and beyond that many companies need to start evaluating and looking at and, you know, talking to people like you who can, you know, maybe it's something where if they don't want to take it on right away, you know, it's a partnership possibility. So, um, you know, I think it's great for people to know that there are folks out there like you that are doing this, right? And because, um, like I said, I mean, if you Google, Google, Google if you <laughs> don't do the Google, <laughs> do no, the Google. Do <laughs> you know, if you Google 4K streaming, 4K live events, it doesn't exist, right? So, um, yeah. You know, for the folks out there that are considering this, I think you'll be a great resource for them to turn to. And I know from experience for everyone listening, like, Dusty's just great. You could sit and pick his brain, right? Like, I mean, this is, I, I totally, you were a very collab, like, cooperative, collaborative person. So, um, well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I think, um, you know, you, you brought up a good point, right? Like, so knowing what your viewers, what, what does the market want, right? Like, do, are they looking for 4k is your audience, you know, where is the, um, profitability, right? And I guess that 
ties back to a strategy behind why you would do 4K. What was the real business case or strategy or um, reason, I guess, the goal, goals that were tied for South by in doing like a 4K production? Yeah, yeah. so it, it all boils down to having nothing really to do with 4K specifically, right? Mm -hmm. Our job as a production company and as a partner to all of our clients is to allow them to offer their end user or their sponsors a premium product, something that's um, high end and something that shows that they put value in the content that they're creating. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it in 4K, but that was our reason for wanting to try. So we were looking at our relationships and saying, what can we offer that would be of value and that would be you know, somewhat future-proofing content or you know, showing that uh, a specific client can be an innovator and be pushing the limits of what is technically possible. And you know, coming out on top, we pulled this off, then you've just proven to your end users to say, hey, we're an innovator in technology. We care to provide a premium product to our end users because honestly, I you know, live streaming your event is pretty much required now if you're at a certain level, especially in the you know the music industry and, and music festival industry. So then it comes down to ingredients. I talked a little bit about on the IMFCon panel that I liken it to beer. You know, you have your Coors, your Miller, your Budweiser that are all boiled down to the four same basic ingredients. But then you have your premium craft beer explosion. And the reason that that explodes is because they're taking those base elements and they're doing premium versions of the base plus adding on unique flavors, unique ways of doing things. So I take our production, which we, you know, we absolutely try to do our best and, and provide a premium, very enjoyable, engaging product. And then we add premium ingredients on top of it. So, you know, live VR, 4K, 360 cams, all of these things that are, you know, buzz worthy, we're working on integrating them all into our stream. And it's not, yes, they're, they're, they're revenue generators for us, but they're revenue generators for our clients because it's increasing profile, exposure, press, and in the end, it's showing that they're in user, that they, they care about what they're putting out and that they're interested in progressing and they're not just going to sit stagnant just because no one's asking more of them. Whoa, well said. Well, <laughs> you silenced me. I'm like, wow, very nice. <laughs> and not only that, you also, you, you had me at beer. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about that time, I think. It, yeah. No matter what time it is when you're listening to it, it's about that time. <laughs> Yeah, give me a um, good craft beer, good IPA any time of day. I'm good to go. Yes. Um, so I'm I'm curious. You know, um, I, I want to talk about the technology a little bit. You know, and if there's anything that you know you mentioned, you just touched on bandwidth slightly. Um, you know, for um, thinking about the you know either an event organizer or a production company or, you know, anyone who, I mean, it, it, it could be a university listening or a, you know, medical company or a hospital, you know, listening and thinking about this. Sure. What do they need to know? I mean, you can talk about the technology at South by, um, you know, are there any kind of red flags or, you know, let's talk a little bit about the production piece. Um, I think the most exciting thing production wise and, and bandwidth and connectivity wise for us is 
going back to the way that we're delivering this. Right now, the industry as a whole is pushing for HEVC, H.265, the adoption of something new, which once you bring something new into the equation that requires somebody to provide content and someone else to pull it down and enjoy it, you're adding a barrier in between those and you're adding um, you know, a lack of adoption or slower adoption of something. Whereas the way that we provide and deliver this 4K content right now, it's, ex it's using, utilizing existing technology today. It's, it's doing what people are trying to do tomorrow right now, H.264 compliant. You don't have to change anything with your player on the user side. And on the bandwidth side, we're able to compress with our partner Kogo HD, um, they're able to encode the live 4K file, not from a server, but an actual live stream. They encode it at six to nine megabits per second. And that is about a third of what Amazon, HBO, um, all of these folks are providing their 4K content in. And that's stuff that's sitting on a server. That's already ingested and then being delivered. They're doing it at about 15, 16 to 20. And we're doing six to nine and still working on getting it down even further. Wow. So, so utilizing the system and the setup that we have in place, you can deliver full UHD 4K content and you're not... You're not bogging down someone's network. You're not expecting them to, you know, they don't have to be in a giant corporate office to be able to pull that down. They can be, you know, in their city apartment with a, you know, 20 up, 20 down connection or, or similar, and they can watch 4K content on their 4K ready device. And people don't even realize that, you know, all of the new iPhones, half the new Android phones, mm -hmm. anything that's new Mac or Dell that's come out this year, it's all 4K ready. Um, your processor speed may be varying, but your screen is ready to to see full, true 4K content. And most of your TVs are, if they aren't that way, they will be in the next year or two. And um, then you can just go right out of your laptop until it's ready to truly be broadcast. Um, but yeah, so on the tech side, that's the most exciting thing for us is the fact that we can deliver this content using existing technology now with just such a decreased... Um, side of demand for the end user. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, that's actually pretty fascinating. And I actually, you know, I actually think that, you know, because, I mean, you, you created content for, um, you know, you think about South By and you think about, that that's content for a consumer, but it also is, you know, there's a B2B element there too. And um, it's, oh, excuse me, <laughs> it's interesting what you said about, you know, you don't have to be sitting in a corporate office. And I actually think that this is really, um, this is really key for a, someone sitting in a big corporate office. Cause they have, they have challenges, right? Like, sure. you know, we sit at home and we have a, you know, there's times days where, you know, if you've got, uh, your, your cable or DSL, you know, you've got big shared pipe and it's gonna, it's gonna be laggy at times, but in a, you know, I can get speeds faster here than I can in some of the offices that I visit um, because they are actually so limited, right? So they only have, yeah, true. you know, and, and the individual at the individual level, um, you know, you've got rate limiting. Um, you think about somebody sitting in a hotel room, a lot of people who travel. Um, I think that what you're doing is pretty key. And I think that that's actually a great point. And it's really interesting. And it, it seems like that will be, um, pretty significant for future adoption of this technology. 
Um, and, and if, like you said, if you can bring that number down even further, then, um, you know, we should see more adoption. I, I, it, it's funny how you said, you know, the difference between broadcasts, because I've, I've been sort of studying that. And I mean, that is like, it's interesting, because I think it reflects the, um, the future of how we consume content, um, and entertainment content, because I don't, you know, television broadcast really there is no foreseeable plan right now I mean that I can find for broadcast television you know live broadcast tv to be in 4k they just they just don't you know infrastructure is not there yeah it's not but you know um it wasn't I mean I'm I'm not sure how old you are but I lived through you know the great SD to HD yeah. transition. And it wasn't a flip of a switch. I mean, mm-hmm. good grief. The, the, I used to work at a TV station and they didn't switch uh, until like 20, 2006 or something like that, eight, before the government just demanded, all right, okay, you, you've got to do it at this point. I mean, it, it took probably 10 years of people talking about it before it really, like you said, the infrastructure was really set up. So again, I'm not expecting 4K to just uh, fly out of the gate and everybody has it and loves it and it's a thing. Um, it's going to be a slow adoption, but at the same time, uh, while there may not be infrastructure and a plan in place for broadcast at the moment, mm-hmm. it is absolutely, I mean, th- you cannot deny that that is the future. That is going to be the way that you your eyeballs consume content on your yeah. TV. Um, so it's just a matter of when, not if. And uh, so, you know, in the meantime, that creates this fantastic open wild, wild west of <laughs> content that, uh, that we can deliver. And, you know, why not start future-proofing your content and capturing it in 4K now so mm. that you're not, uh, you're not behind whenever it finally does arrive? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it, 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 I do think, you know, I, I kind of brought up some of the other industries like right now, you know, you start with entertainment, but then you start to think about, you know, medical um, companies, you know, um, healthcare. Um, certainly there is a need there, right? I mean, they were that industry for me, like when I think about the events we were doing, all of our medical meetings were, you know, that was really what sort of pushed a lot of AV production companies to move into HD, right? Was, uh, you know, they, they needed high def um, projection and display. So, you know, I mean, certainly like that industry could be pushing for this and, you know, it's just that little thing called healthcare, (laughs) just, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, so it's, it's interesting when you start thinking about some of the different areas where this could really, um, come come in handy or be useful and, and applied and where you see a business case for it. Um, and like you're saying, you know, as the technology just becomes more widespread, um, certainly all of our devices are, are getting ready. And, you know, there's plenty of 4K phones out there floating around. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, you know, and, and I actually am really curious too as far as streaming. So um, I had uh, Ashton Burnett from TourTech on uh, you met her at IMFCon. Uh-huh. Um, had her on the show talking about bandwidth and Wi-Fi on site, right? Like during the capture. And have you run into? Is that something that you see as a challenge for 
you know, the way things are right now? Um, no, but at the same time, I, I think it's just because we've been doing this for so long and dealing with, um, you know, I told somebody the story about we, when we started streaming and it was catching on and more and more people wanted to do it, you know, they have no idea that the average, uh, person that runs a label or what have you, they don't understand what it takes to get the stream done. They just want it done and they want it done at this club because that's going to be the best crowd or, you know, that's where the tickets are looking best right now. So we did a, a Wiz Khalifa live stream right before black and yellow kind of blew up and he got huge for Atlantic records at the nine thirty club. And we only needed about two and a half up, I think, for, you know, to push out a 720 stream. Mm -hmm. And this was years and years ago. And we ended up having to, <laughs> the only connection that they had, we ended up having to have them hold all of their credit card purchases until <sighs> the end of the night. And that's the only line we could get. And it yeah. worked, you know, that's it so worked funny. and then, <laughs> and it went off perfectly. But so that's the kind of thing that I've yeah. seen us have to overcome so with all of the great companies like TourTech and such now in place, um, it's, it's not a problem. And again, especially you know, if we're pushing up, uh, we need 9 megs or 12 megs up to be able to deliver this. Mm -hmm. um, if you can't get that at your festival, then you probably <laughs> have some other issues. And you know, there's really great companies that do point-to-point -point setup that can get it done within a week. And mm -hmm. you, know, you can get 20 up, 20 down, or 15 up, 20 down. And, and it's all possible now. It's just you have to know where to go have the right connections to find it. But no, I don't, I don't think bandwidth is going to be really an issue anymore. Well, although you just nailed it on the head because if you know where to go and if you're thinking about it, because honestly, this is, it's amazing how frequently it's an afterthought, you know, it's amazing oh, sure. to me, you know, people be like a week before, like, Oh, we forgot about the internet. You know, and that's, yeah. that's yeah. across the board. It's like, um, you know, I it was just got a good story actually from tour tech about, you know, the, a company asking for um, Wi-Fi a day before the event started, a couple days before they were due to, be, you know, everything was due to be turned on. And, you know, they're like, yeah, sure, no problem. We'll set it up for you. They they go to set it up and there's no power. It's like, oh, yeah, we need power <laughs> for this, you know. So it's like we're still connecting the dots, I think, with this type of technology. And there's a lot to to learn. And it's, so it's, it is kind of, I mean, that's funny. It probably wasn't funny on site. But, you know, it's like, you know, and I think we're all just learning as we go. So um, just about to wrap up, but I uh, want sure. to know if you had any, you know, kind of final thoughts or um, anything cool, interesting. Where do you see this going? Ah, uh, God, that's so broad. Uh, I know. Sorry, that was so not helpful. <laughs> can, we, can we just do a follow-up podcast just with that question? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 I'll just reiterate that, uh, you know, we're super excited about the direction that things are going and, and about pioneering all of this and um, the discovery of new ways to deliver premium high-end content. And, you know, we put the question back on, uh, on the client or on the, the potential client of, you know, why 4K? Well, what are you serving your client? What are you serving your audience? What are you, what are you saying to your audience by choosing to wait? Or what are you mm -hmm. telling your audience by choosing to adopt this early? Um, and I think that if you really dig down to its core, it's much, it's much less about money and much more about end user experience and that'll catch on eventually. It always does. That's cool. That's really great insight. And I, 
I'm curious, you know, okay, this can be the final question. I'm curious, <laughs> have you, after South by, have you seen, or maybe even not South by, but has there been an influx of inquiries or conversation for you guys? Or have you had any, I mean, have you had an increase? Um, has it come from any one particular either industry or type of music within an industry or type of event? Just curious. Um, after South by, you know, I, I have a pretty regimented sales and outreach uh, weekly ritual, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, good for um, you. Yeah, well, I try. <laughs> um, don't always get there, but I try. Yeah. I, uh, I found that I have spent from April after South by up until October probably educating you know, all of my conversations, I have contacts that I've never actually met and I just keep following up with for three, four years sometimes before we actually land a gig. Yeah. But it's just being there for them, you know, being there at the right time and keeping them up to date with what you're doing. And that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but ultimately, I found that, you know, in following up with all of these contacts that they don't understand what is 4K. Why is it important? What can it, what can it do for me? How can I generate money off of it? And I'm completely honest and open with them and I give them as much insight and information as possible because the more you arm your clients or tomorrow's clients with information, the, the, the more at the ready they'll be once it's time or once it's asked of them to deliver that. And, um, so yeah, so uh, as far as a specific industry, you know, we live in the music and live event industry, so that's been our focus. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've seen some interest from uh, some security industry folks, and like you said, the medical side of things. Mm -hmm. But we've been pushing hard on the uh, the music industry just because that's where our I think our strengths lie. Mm -hmm. And as far as type of music is concerned. Um, I think you'll just go broad and say festival or, you know, showcase type of events. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I, I think I'll see it in the EDM side of things. I, they'll probably be the first adopters just because, I mean, if you look at what those festivals are cranking out content wise, mm -hmm. it's always at the cutting edge. You know, they're always trying to enhance that experience. And it seems like a lot of the um, the Lollapaloozas, Bonnaroo, Coachella's uh, hangouts, they, they, there's a little bit of a homogenization as far as what festival coverage looks like for your iMag and your stream these days. Huh. And, you know, that's fine. That works for them great. And they get, you know, killer views on their streams and yeah. I'm not knocking it, but, um, they're not progressing and pushing the limits of what that end user experience is. And the EDM, uh, folks do, you know, every single time I see a stream, it's got something new. It's got a 360 cam or, you know, on-demand VR or some other component tied with it. So I think that industry will probably adopt 4k fairly quickly once it's, uh, once it's a proven thing. Very cool. Um, that, that was really interesting. Now I'm like, Oh, we should do another show just on what you just said, spice up the end user experience, you know, for yeah. stream. I mean, that's, I, that's a really good point, right? Cause we do, we're so focused on the live event, um, production and creative design and what does that look like? But you're right. I mean, I focus a lot, I mean, on the meeting side, right? Like I always think about, well, what is it like for that attendee? Can we send them a, a bag with, you know, the same things that people are getting on site? Like, what are we doing to enhance that experience? Um, so like you just said, that's a really good point. Like, what does it, what does it look like, feel like, you know, are you just sitting and watching? Is it like watching a music video or is it, you know, what are you, what are they feeling when they watch it? So that's a, it's not just like listening to the music and 
you know, I don't know. I, I, we could do a whole other show. That was a really yeah. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, not, not to drag it out because I know we're wrapping yeah. up. But, I mean, yeah. at how much of IMFCon was about how can we engage our audience off-site or after the fact, you know, do we send them uh, gifts from a photo booth or can we, you know, tap into their RF device and geo-track how they shop afterward? You know, there's all these things that they're thinking about and nobody looks at the live stream, which is a, a direct representation of your event in real time and, you know, on demand. No one's looking at, you know, what does that look like? What, as an end user, you know, is it just adequate to show the stage and then you're done or do you dive into the experience the sights the smells what it really feels like to be there and to me if you enhance that you enhance the chances of those folks uh watching on the other end to actually feel the need to be there you're never going to replace yeah. live you're only going to entice more people to participate totally and then if you think about what you can do to enhance the on-demand experience post-event you know with that content um it's not just about the live stream, right? So, okay, we really do have to, this, this <laughs> we just like tapped into a whole nother great conversation. It's always how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so um, anyways, thank you so very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I think that, you know, I'm sure a lot of folks out there will be really interested. Um, so give us your website really quick where they can find you. Sure. Uh, first, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. Um, so the website is www.ximediaproductions.com. Uh, you can get at us on Twitter at, at ximediaprod, just P-R-O-D, and Instagram's at ximediaproductions.com. Awesome. Great. And then uh, people will be able to kind of see samples of your work and um, pick your brain a little. So thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening. I'm sh I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. And uh, until next time, go out there and enjoy that good AV and make it happen. Mm -hmm.